0: Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, which gives you a new way to compete without traffic or punches getting in your way. Zwift is an online community of cyclists around the world coming together to train and race virtually. Climb mountains, climb the leaderboards, or go for KOMs or QOMs. Loads of riders in the pro peloton use Zwift to train their way to the top, and you can too. Visit Zwift.com to get in on the action.
1: Bonjour, 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 and uh, there was some uh, little Norwegian kids welcoming you here at the Tour de France. Uh, this is the Zwift Cycling Central Tour de France podcast edition 2018, and we are already on episode 7. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or schedule arrive with our lovely friends at Zwift. Joining me again today, uh, Dave Mackenzie. Macca, how are you feeling
2: today? It was a bit of a drive today. Bit of a drive? I, I don't know. I had about five hours sleep last night and I feel great. So I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe you need less sleep than more. Well, look, I had a cleansing ale just to finish off the night, and I think that did the trick. I must have slept like a baby for five hours. Woke up. Feeling great. Are you telling me you brush your teeth with beer? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awful.
1: That's disgusting. Anyway, let's talk cycling, you know, for for dribble. Uh, Day seven, a stage we said yesterday uh, could be boring didn't fail to deliver it was honestly I think a little bit boring because it was long and not a great deal happened the pace was
2: really slow and then in the end there's a sprint and a winner that was it yes you've summed it up there it's look this happen, and let's not let's not pretend it's not or hide behind it um, it was boring and it's interesting, that the media, when you're standing around talking to some of the other media outlets and they say, oh, the long stages, they've got to go and they should go and, you know, they're trying to innovate the race, but then they throw in a 230-kilometre stage. Yes, it was the longest stage of the tour. It's logistically and in, in an operation sense, it's quite tough. Um, my wife worked in ops in cycling for many, many years and logistics, so I understand a bit that they can't just say, oh, cool, let's just have short stages, Otherwise, um, you know, we'd start in, in Brittany and finish the tour in Paris and wouldn't get down south. Or you'd have massive transition days, transfer days, I should say, and then the teams would jump up and down and say, oh, what's going on? This is terrible. So... It's a balancing act, plus you've got sponsors, councils, you know, there's a lot of things to think about. But at the end of the day, at the end of all of that, come on, Christian, sort it out. Shorter stages, mate.
1: <laughs> and, uh, having said this, we had a lovely day. We were able to walk in this lovely town of Chartres, a uh, bit of a surprise, tune in to, tonight on the, the highlight show uh, to find out what we've been uh, up to in Chartres, but uh, that was a lovely day, lovely weather, lovely town.
2: It, it was, and, and it, we all got to take advantage of it, and even our hard-working producer she got out of the truck as well and came for a walk up to the the medieval sort of town and uh yeah so look some days <laughs> these won't happen every day uh and let's hope we don't have too many more stages like this i don't think we will because it's going to heat up and heat up more so in a uh racing sense absolutely uh let's uh, let's have a look
1: at uh, the race itself uh what do you make of it because uh we said it was going to be a sprint didn't fail to deliver. A sprint won by Grunewagen. Gavilla was second. So, I mean, it was
2: definitely a bunch sprint. Yes, uh, Gavidia, he's consolidating his position in the sprint peloton, I guess, if you want to say. And he's not letting Peter Sagan just ride off into the sunset with that green jersey. Not yet, anyway. Sagan keeps building in a, a bit of a lead, but then Gavidia gets it a little bit back on the, on the flatter stages. Sagan uh, was third in the end. Uh, Anou Demar got up there so the Frenchman he, he poked his nose out I think a little bit too early and then the uphill got the better of him he's generally pretty good on the uphills Marcel Kittel was nowhere he was struggling apparently he was suffering uh, Mark Cavendish failed to deliver so the old guard they're being shown the door and the new guard are coming in and for Gronewagon remember he won the on the Champs-Élysées last year that was his first stage win and it reminds me a little bit of Robbie McEwen because that's where he won his first stage and then he went on to win 12. So, Granavagen, he's now at 2. So, I think we've got to watch that name uh, for the next few years. What about Graper? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know
1: where did you finish I don't know this is exactly my question yeah. he wasn't there he wasn't in, a, in that bunch of things
2: and look he hasn't been he hasn't been terrible Greipel he was there a few days ago wasn't he when he jumped early and he actually hit the front and ended up third I think Sagan pipped him on that day and that was uh, Gavidia who won again so but again it's the old guard that are that are being shown the door from the from the younger generation Okay, now let's look
1: at the GC, General Classification. No change of guards there. Vaname Mart is still in yellow.
2: Is there any other changes? Yes, Sarah, come on, buddy. He, he did take the three seconds. So you're right, no changes. He slightly increased his lead because he took that new intermediate sprint that bonus that they've brought into the tour this year. And I spoke to him and he, he basically said, well, you know, yeah, no one really jumped. I thought I'd jump. Uh, it wasn't a big plan, but he, he got it and he'll take it. And I think he's now, he'd be feeling reasonably confident that he can hold it into the Roubaix stage. And I mean, this guy's won Paris-Roubaix. So Van Avermaet, you'd think, could take it into the rest day, potentially. But the Roubaix day is different. Just because you've won Paris-Roubaix, you've got to have no flats, no crashes. You've still got to have a great day and a little bit of luck.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk about uh, Bardet, because I think there's something that we haven't mentioned yesterday. Uh, is Bardet was left alone at the back when he was dropped yesterday, and his two best mates, uh and, uh and Latour, didn't wait for him. So what's your take on this? Because it's a bit strange. Either there's no direction in the team, no communication. What do we
2: know about this incident? Because I call this an incident. Yes, I agree. And you're right we don't know the answer but it's one of three things i there's only it's only it can only be one of three things one the director sport if has made the call and said to villamos and Latour, you need to stay in the front group for what a stage win because they're not riding gc Two, yeah,
1: yeah what would be the point of that let me to argue let me argue this what what would be the point of this they are riding gc they're not riding win stages especially not With Latour, we saw him bumping his his handlebar. That was a bit weird. I've got to say
2: this. and It's a little bit of a French thing. Sorry, I, I know I'm hanging it a bit. It's a French rider thing. A few of the Euros do it, but it's like they finish second and they bump the handlebars on television like they're frustrated, like, oh, I should have gone harder. Well, go harder, mate. You know, you didn't win. Dan Martin won convincingly. And, yeah, so let's just go back to the story those two guys um they're strong they're, they're, they're going to be good in the climbs for Bardet. he desperately needed them he did have one or two guys help him but he was obviously in trouble he changed bikes so the directors either made the call or there's a lack of communication or Bardet didn't want them to stop now this is crazy this is a guy who's been on the podium Twice in the last two years, he is France's big hope. He's France's only hope at the moment to win the tour since Bernard Hinault in the 80s. Like, get it together. If I was the director, you know, grow some kahunas and call the shots and, and you know, put your eggs in one basket. This garbage of trying to win stages, do, do you think, and I'm asking this as a question to you as well, AG Tour Le Mondial, the company, Do you think they give a hoot really about winning stages now? They want to win the race, don't they? Yeah, they probably did, I don't know, five years ago. Uh, But right now, because
1: there's so much hope on on Bardet and thinking he can deliver, and with all the hype around Chris Froome and and all the story that we all know around Chris Froome uh, at at the beginning or just before this tour, France has been believing that Bardet could do it, and you don't go twice on the podium by mistake. So that means he can be there, but can he go to that first uh, first first step? You know what? I was backing Barthe uh, for a long time. I'm still going to back Bardet because uh, I, I can't change my uh, uh, my attitude to it. But I'm getting a bit, you know, a bit a bit stunned about this.
2: Well, it's cost him, hasn't it? I mean, he, we knew he was going to lose time in the team's time trial. He's not a great time trialist, so. He's going to lose time in the individual, and it is the penultimate stage, so we, don't, we won't go on about that. But then he can't afford to lose time on days like this. He might lose time at Roubaix as well. All the things are stacking against him, and, I know, and we haven't even hit the mountains, which is his forte and the descending, his descending skills are fantastic. But you cannot afford to go into it. And you, you can remind me what Jens Voigt in what, said in one of our previous pods. He said, podium or hospital. (laughs) That's true. He did say that, but he said, when... (laughs) I know, that's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) That was hilarious, wasn't it? He's a a legend. We love him. We we love him.
1: (laughs) No, but he he said something, right? He said something around, you know, when a guy like Bardet starts the Tour de France, he starts at zero minute with a deficit of four minutes already on someone like Chris Froome. And every stage that Bardet finishes just behind Chris Froome, they're just carrying Chris Froome to the podium yeah, and that's an armchair ride to the podium yeah. that's right and yeah. that's true for Quintana that's true for the others but in this case Bardet should be attacking left right or Bardet and his team should be attacking left right and centre and certainly not let him the,
2: let the leader troll at the back yes I think they should have had the whole whoever was left in that group because it was a diminished peloton but uh, in the last couple of years AG Tuala Mundial have had good climbers so I'd imagine they would have had most of the teammates there they should have all dropped back, you know. And I know it's finishing on a climb and you get less help on a climb, as in you don't get that slipstream that you would get if it was a flat run Who cares? Give him a push. You know, Dumoulin copped a 20 or 30-second penalty. It was worth it for sitting behind the car because he might have lost more time. So he, he would have calculated, I've got to sit behind the car because if I get back on and get the penalty, I've only lost 20 seconds. So, no, it was a, ba- it was a bad call. Absolutely.
1: Okay, we'll take a short break. And uh, after that, we'll talk to uh, Yann Duhamel. He's uh, from LCL. He's the guy that brings the little lion on the podium. Don't go anywhere. we now join uh, with uh, Yann Duhamel. You're, uh, you're part of LCL, part of the protocol at LCL. Uh, welcome to the uh, SBS podcast. Thank you. <laughs> um, let's talk about the, this uh, emblematic, the emblem of the Histoire de France, the, the lion. Can you tell us a bit more about this lion? Has it got a name?
3: No, it doesn't have a name. The story of the lion is really simple because uh, the former Credit Lyonnais, which became LCL, uh, Lyonnais seems from the city of Lyon. And uh, it's uh, 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 the word Lyon of the city is the same of lion. So the, the emblem of uh, the bank is, is, was a lion. So we tried to keep it on the races. And uh, so it's like a lion, like a toy on lion.
1: Uh, The riders must be super excited to get this because that means they are in yellow. They they got the yellow jersey.
3: Yes, they they got the yellow jersey and they are very proud of it. And uh, most of the um, teams put it on the buses and uh, show it to the public because for them, it's uh, like they are very proud of it. How many lions come with you? Just 21. There are 21 stages. So 21 big lions. We have smaller one. For for, uh, like the children of the um, racers, cyclists, but uh, big ones only 21.
1: So general public, know, they want to grab everything from the sausages to the little (laughs) stickers. They must ask you for those.
3: Yes, but uh, unfortunately, we don't we don't have uh, lions with us. Uh, The the yellow jersey
1: has been since forever at the Tour de France, but we sort of have these emblems of the, the bank being attached that's been a quite while lcl has been with the the tour
3: yes we are on the tour de france since uh, 1981 and uh, we are partner of the yellow jersey since uh, 1987 so uh, last year we celebrated the 30th um, anniversary of uh, our partnership with the yellow jersey and
1: for you personally they must be super excited to to do this whole adventure 21 days is crazy
3: yeah, it's, it's really an, a team adventure. We are uh, something like uh, 40 people working for LCL on the Tour de France. Uh, and it's uh, really a human uh, adventure. So is that your first one? My 14th one. <laughs> <laughs> so you're,
1: you're, you're, you're a veteran of it?
3: Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'll let you work. Thank you, Jan. Thanks a lot.
1: Uh, Welcome back to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast, all the way from France, all the way from the Tour de France. Uh, What's coming up tonight uh, on SBS is uh, stage eight of uh, the Tour de France. And what's profiling tomorrow, of course, is that one stage of Roubaix looming. But we'll talk about this. Let's start with stage eight, 181 kilometers, 14th of July, national day in France.
2: Can a Frenchman win? Ooh, good question. Gee, I'm not sure. I I don't think so, because... Well, mate, you know, who the only one I can think that who could win is Anu Demar. Yeah, Demar. But he hasn't had a, a good rate so far. No, no, he hasn't, has he? He's, um, yeah, he's struggled a bit. So, yeah, he had one opportunity, I think, stage one, he was up there. But other than that, he struggled. Or so, stage two, sorry. So other than that, he hasn't really shown the form that he had last year. So uh, 181 kilometres, uh, a bit less than uh, what we had
1: yesterday. Uh, and uh, that long stage, the longest stage of, of the tour. So uh, length is, is OK. And it's going to be dead flat, so dead fast. Although there's a nasty corner just before the end.
2: There is. And it's, I mean, to make it even worse, it, I think about a kilometre and a half to go. It goes downhill, then flat to the finish line and there's a corner left hander 600 metres to go so I think that's a first for the tour so far we've had longer straight runnings maybe a couple of dog legs but no you know, 90 degree or 180 degree turns whereas this one is a complete left turn so it'll be tough it's almost they do a U-turn within the last kilometre they do almost a U-turn yes so um, yeah it's interesting I mean you'd think I'd like to think it'd favour the smaller guys um, the punchier guys like uh, Gavidia again Sagan can handle himself uh, it'll suit him I mean he gets anything suits Peter Sagan what am I saying yeah is there no, is there anything that doesn't suit Peter Sagan uh, yeah something with a 10 kilometer mountaintop finish that's all oh a sprint with Cavendish in Germany yeah exactly yeah yeah that's right yeah he wants to forget that doesn't he so no look I think there's there's a number of guys and they'll, there could be the odd one that pops up now because of the sort of, if you call it, if we want to say odd finish, odd finish to what we've had so far, maybe a Demar can find something out of this. What does that mean for a French rider to ride and win
1: on 14th of July? I mean, I can say from the general public, it's expected. You know, we expect the French riders to do well, but this time the Tour de France did not serve... Uh, an easy stage for for the French rider as itself because, I mean, Boini is not here uh, and we really only have one sprinter that can
2: hold his head high against those big guys in a pure, true sprint. Well, I I guess I'll try the question back at you. How much, because really you can answer this better than me, how much will the French riders be motivated then for this stage, for the 14th of July? You know, it's a national day, it's Bastille Day, and incidentally, it's my son's birthday, and he was born in Europe, so it's an important day for me. But how important is it for the French riders, do you think? Well, the birth of your son, extremely important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's we know
1: that's important. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that's a quick segue. Uh, but uh, it, it is extremely important for a French rider. But, you know, in this day and age, right now, in 2018, I think the French public has got his eye on Sunday uh, and not so much the Roubaix stage, the final of the World Cup. So I think France could get away, our French riders could get away
2: with not winning with that stage. Fizzling, with, with a fizzle, doing nothing. And and, and then, so what happened? So what, basically Bastille Day, uh, eat lots of food, get drunk, champagne, rosé, and forget about the, the historical marker of it.
1: I reckon Bastille Day is, is going to be moved on the Monday the 16th the in France because of we still hope that uh, France will win this World Cup. But like, it's kind of serious what I'm saying. I, I don't think the focus will be too much on the French riders on that day because people are focusing on one thing at the minute and sadly as it is in France it's a lot about the football you've seen it like yes. me everywhere we go in in, in the villages and the, 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 the dinner we had in small villages middle of nowhere you still have the French flag and the, the the eyes are on the football team
2: it's building isn't it you're right you're right and it is nice to be here and be amongst it um, oh well okay they might be let off the hook Pearl Dumas, he's, he's licking. he's he's motivated he's keen and they've said no don't worry about it mate you'll be right and he's like, yeah, but it's the last sprint chance I've got. <laughs> so making a good point here, is it the last sprint chance at
1: least for a while? Because the next stage we said it's looming, it's Roubaix. And then we'll talk about this uh, a bit further down uh, tomorrow, in the podcast tomorrow, of course. Uh, but we've been talking about that stage for eight eight days now, uh, even nine or 10 if you uh, were listening to podcast since the beginning. This is really the stage that is going to, make some difference we all think that some differences can be made in roubaix we're still in the waiting and we're still
2: aging towards that stage we are and so yes to go back to your, your initial question i think it is it's a last chance for a little while for the sprinters for the purists so mark Cavendish, andre greipel demar we've mentioned him christophe all these riders who are paid by their teams to win sprint stages, not just in the tour, but throughout the year, but this is the most important one for them. Now they're going to have to wait. And not only are they going to have to wait, they have to work harder than what they have before because they're going into stages that do not suit them at all and some of them will be in jeopardy of missing the cut. We saw that with Demar last year. He was looking fantastic early on. He was fantastic, but it didn't mean he suddenly was going to climb so much better. He was sprinting well. That doesn't transform into climbing well. And it cost him and it cost, and he had to pull out of the two he had a high and he took two or three teammates with him because they went back to try and bring him back in so you know it's it's crunch time for the for those sprinters what well, about cavendish because
1: cavendish hasn't shown a great health so far i think he has he had few struggle on a few stages he's been complaining about like we said before everything including himself there's the alps the big mountains looming for him do you think that's back of his head already that how
2: hard this is going to be for him Jeez, he's, he's coughing and battering off from us isn't he I, I tell you what I reckon his ears are burning not, and not just from the sun but from out the voices of us echoing through um, um, yeah look he's he he's a, I mean we, we, we can't hide he's struggling no, we can't hide he's struggling no no you're right you're right uh, uh, totally um, and, and look we, we he, he's a focus of our conversation because he's a champion plain and simple we, we respect him and his 30 stage wins speak for themselves whether we respect him or not he is a champion of the sport so when he's not here winning we say well come on why and and then we critique it and we analyze it and dissect it and so you know yeah he's he's got his work cut out he doesn't want to go home empty-handed and neither do team dimension data and frankly, I don't want them to go home empty-handed. I love their cause. I love the, the backstory behind that squad and what they push for um, with the with the money that they raise uh, through Quebec uh, to, to put kids on bikes, They're underprivileged kids in Africa. And it's fantastic. So I want them to win a stage. I really do. Absolutely. We agree on this. Uh,
1: so just to wrap up uh 14th of july tomorrow 181 kilometers between dreux and uh, amiens we're skirting around paris really it was weird on the motorway driving
2: towards paris but not knowing we're we're not done yet Uh well yeah no i don't want to be done yet but i wouldn't mind just dropping in to uh you know the beautiful city and just having a even just an espresso and a, a pastry or a croissant but anyway we've got work to do it's that's not all fun and games is it come on <laughs> <laughs> okay it is it's good yeah we're laughing we're joking. <laughs> you're not you're not hiding it. <laughs> I'm not doing a good job of it am I no thank you uh, my cat's dropping into uh, the podcast again yeah I loved it and bring on this stage
1: Absolutely. Uh, that was uh, the podcast, the uh, stage number eight, uh, episode number eight of the Zwift Cycling Central podcast all the way from the Tour de France in 2018. Uh, remember that you can uh, download, stream or uh, subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central until uh, tomorrow. And that uh, big preview of the stage in Roubaix, it's bye for now.
0: The SBS podcast brings you daily recaps of the Tour de France and Zwift brings you even closer to the pros. Zwift, our sponsor, turned indoor training into a full-on experience. Cyclists around the world log on to train, socialise and race virtually. You'll even see plenty of tour riders hopping on Zwift on their rest days, meaning you could be riding shoulder to shoulder with some of the world's greats, which is awesome. Ride and climb in Zwift without ever leaving your home. It's a great thing to do while you're watching the tour, so start Zwifting with a free 7-day trial at Zwift.com.